Surviving my quarter life's crisis. My name is Monet Lewis, and I'm claiming my destiny that I will survive this quarter life crisis. And this podcast is dedicated to all the lessons I've learned on my journey from the beginning to end. So, of course, I'm not claiming that I have survived as of yet, but instead, I'm giving you the inside scoop on everything from the very beginning. And with that, I have to start with the beginning. So welcome to episode one, the beginning. I believe my quarter life crisis began when I was 23 years old. At that time, I felt that my entire life was pretty much figured out. I was in my first year of graduate school, on track to complete it that first year. Had a really great relationship of three years to a good friend that I've known for about four years prior. So this will be 2016. Yeah, 2016. And my relationship with my family was decent for the most part, I would say. But the big cornerstone was that I had at least a single person that I can count on and that was my relationship. And I had a good amount of friends that I can go out with, socialize. So my social life was pretty active. So yeah. At 23, my relationship with my partner of three years had pretty much was terminated. <laughs> um, so... We were dating for three years. We met in college. He was a transfer. And at the time, I was a sophomore in college. We dated throughout the duration of my college experience going into my first year in graduate school. Him still being a senior for some time, professional student. He was an engineer major, so forgive him for that. Um, So, yeah, pretty much went to school in a different city than my hometown. So I went to school in Buffalo, New York, and I'm from Brooklyn. So during my winter breaks, our winter breaks, school breaks, what have you, we'll go home. And we would usually travel together, did a lot of things together. However, that summer, after completing my first year of graduate school, we were gonna spend most of our summer apart. And that was going to be the longest time spent apart until, of course, we knew we were going to embrace some challenges, but nothing we can't handle. So I thought, but we thought. I was completing a summer program where I was doing employment for Upper Bound, and it was going to require me to do six weeks in Buffalo. By then I had got an apartment with my roommate at the time and my boyfriend was going to stay with us for about a month until he secured an internship to wrap up his senior year. He did find an internship and it was going to require him to complete it in New York City. Therefore not staying with my roommate and I. And with that, knowing that we will be confirmed separated for some time, we had a really deep conversation one day's approach that he will be leaving. And what we thought about 
and came to the conclusion we were going to have a reasonable break or respectable break, meaning we would not be dating each other, but keep each other in tune with one another and what we're doing in terms of engaging with other people, other casual relationships. After making that decision, I will say two days or so later, I get a a call from my boyfriend or not even my boyfriend, but my break partner, respectable break partner. And he's kind of frantic. I'm at work and I like I was in the classroom. So part of my job was to be a resident assistant and I would be a teacher assistant too when the students would take classes. So I step out the classroom to listen to what he has to say. And I really was like, this is not really a good time, but his mother was um, going through a possible surgery. So I thought it had something to do with that. So of course I wanted to be there for him. But what he had said was he wanted to let me know something before I were to hear it from anywhere else. And I didn't know what to expect. So he went on to tell me that he slept with another girl. And of course, technicalities, that would be respectable, the terms we agreed to. But I couldn't help but be standoffish and say, well, I don't understand why you're like telling me this now. And, you know, it was expected. That's what we agreed to, whatever. And I really wanted my space after that. And kind of came to the conclusion, I really can't do this. This respectable break and knowing exactly what's going on. Of course, caring person that he is, he kept checking in on me. And I really did not feel like I could really speak to him about it. I really wanted to... I guess grieve because at the time my world was crashing down um the world that I believe will be predictable and what I know and then honestly I didn't think it was so fast that that would happen even though as an adult I made a decision and agreed upon something that I knew I shouldn't have and we should have just broken up well we eventually did but prior to that things got worse so we kept in contact and eventually got over it. But then I received a notification in Facebook Messenger. And in the Messenger, for some reason, I don't know why, I guess this is a privacy or protection, what have you. When you have a message from someone that's not your friend, you got to approve it. And so I finally approved this like random message and it was this woman saying, you may not know me, but I know your friend. And she said my ex-boyfriend at the time or respectable partner, his full name, which I don't really call him by that, use his nickname. We all did, at least all of our close friends. And I didn't really understand where this was going, and I didn't understand why this one was coming to me. And what I had 
first experience is my woman to woman experience and that is exactly what she did she came to me woman to woman and she was really trying to gauge whether or not I was still dealing with him obviously them having their interact sexual interaction probably wanted more and just probably wanted to see if I was still in the picture and baffled I had an idea who this woman was because she went to our school and I seen her around in fact um, she was my former roommate ex-roommate <laughs> so it was just so weird like okay we're both in two different cities my ex-partner and I were on this break respectable break and gonna engage in sexual activities with other people and one of the people that he engages with goes to school with us and I just I don't know I just felt New York City is a very big it would be someone completely unrelated to our social lives and wouldn't travel back as to what he said well looking at the date when she reached out to me it was the same exact date he had given me that call for the heads up not knowing that she would reach out to me by then i am furious i call my former roommate let her know like who hit me up can you guess such and such and so she's like well girl i'm gonna hit her up and see what is going on with her and like do like a fake checking in on you girl what's going on are there any particular guys when my ex-roommate hit her up shorty knew what was going on she didn't give in she didn't reveal any information and by then she reached out to my ex-partner who's on the path of becoming my ex and he started hitting me up being outrageous with his remarks saying I don't understand what's going on because we were technically on a path of being very cordial talking to each other like we kind of got over the whole respectable break even though we were still on it but like you know I wasn't as mad anymore I kind of was moving on like yeah this is what these are the terms we agreed to whatever but no 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 I felt played I felt misled and I felt as though it was a plot that I was not involved in and pretty much betrayed. So as my ex-boyfriend continues to write me, text message me, furiously not realizing that him and I did not make a conversation at all discussing that the other girl hit him up to let him know that I reached out to her too. So I kind of played it out. Just let it let it go out and just let him dig his grave even deeper. And he really got disrespectful. And it started to turn out of character from what I was used to. And I kind of was afraid. I was afraid of what might happen when we get together. And I pretty much felt... I should notify people. And I could have been really dramatic about it. At the time, it felt very serious. When I was in school, I studied um, 
social justice issues, sexual assault, and also how things can escalate. I recently saw a video of how a relationship where it seemed like a guy was just very, you know, um, how did I say? Like, he's very concerning of his girlfriend. He really wants to be there for her, only her, but then he started showing traits of possession, um, overzealous, and eventually him caring so much, wind up killing her, bringing her to her death. And friends ignored the signs. And I was like, well, I don't want anyone to ignore the signs. And I don't know what he will do to anyone if they encountered him. So I let my dad know and I let my roommate know because she's a female. My ex-boyfriend did have keys to the apartment. And so he would be returning for the next semester to retrieve his items. Because, of course, he wouldn't be staying there anymore. (laughs) Um, And... He had a really good relationship with my father, and so he spoke to my father about everything and told him that he and I were in agreement. And my dad said, well, you know, just give her space and probably just leave her alone. And, of course, my dad talked to him about what I said about him, that I didn't feel unsafe because he's been acting on a character, and I'm kind of scared of what's going to happen. And so he retaliated, like, oh, so now you're afraid of me and such and such. It was horrible. Pretty much a disaster. Fast forward, school began, and I really didn't want anything to do with him. But I knew something was up with me, and I really needed to embrace something else, whatever was being born. But I had to deal with the things that are in my closet. Like, how can my life be turned completely upside down because the absence of one person? And I was really disappointed in myself to get such in a dark place and be completely dependent upon my ex-boyfriend for my happiness. And I really just wanted to find out how, get some kind of clarity answers. And I was scared of blowing up literally like I was really good at holding in my emotions I'm not a depressive eater or um, I did cry I want I want to say I was an excessive crier but really what I do to work through my feelings is I work through them I bury myself in schoolwork. I've been good at it. Those have been my coping mechanisms, and I knew it wasn't healthy, especially because I was doing more involvement in health promotions. And so I talked to students about like our different services to help them to increase health and wellness. And it was time for me to swallow the pill, take the advice, and I checked into the counseling center for the first time. So... I wound up getting a doctor on campus and they had me fill out a survey and I just pretty much told them about my high anxiety levels. Not that I was like suicidal or anything like that, but I just felt really unhappy and I was terrified of who I might become or what might happen if I don't address my feelings. And that's honestly something that's very difficult to admit especially as a black woman that I identify black people rarely go to counseling or talk about their issues 
and especially to strangers. So I was allowing a doctor, someone I did not know, had no history with, inside of me, being completely vulnerable, put my pride to the side and really handle what's going on. And we just got to talking. I really felt like it was a girlfriend, my doctor, I had unsolicited comments, just listen, don't have to worry about them getting involved in other um, opinions, or when you're on the phone with your friend trying to talk to them, but you're like competing to say what's going on in your life, like just a complete person to listen to me, and that went on for at least two years, and then I kind of gained the courage to go to group sessions which I was like oh my god you want me to speak to you and to go to a group I don't think I'm ready for all that but she assured me I'll be fine set up an appointment with the head counselor for the group and I felt comfortable and honestly this one thing that you feel uncomfortable about in terms of like counseling try the group sessions because it's so weird you will open up so much and learn so much about yourself just by listening to other stories and I have one particular memory from my first group session well group experience group counseling experience and that was I was going in I thought it was going to be like tv where everyone's just divulging all these details about them and it pretty much been conversations on the surface and so I made a comment like you know I really was expecting people to share a lot about themselves and I just feel like we're holding back and I didn't realize I never really divulged any specific details about myself like I have a crazy story something you wouldn't expect a lot of people don't know because I don't talk about it and from that experience I felt as though I wanted to be more transparent about who I am, what has happened, and not letting those moments define me, but that I am a survivor. And so that kind of ties back into this podcast, Surviving My 25-Year-Old Quarter-Life Crisis, but I believe it all began when I was 23 and I went through the biggest breakup from the longest relationship I ever had. And after the breakup, we had a conversation, my boyfriend and I, and we started dating on and off for a little bit but it wasn't the same I kind of became more bold and I think it's because I was very dependent on external verification of who I was and that started with my ex-boyfriend any changes I wanted to do with myself I would check in with him and one of the biggest things was my hair I became natural 
or embraced my natural hair in 2012 when I stopped putting relaxers in my hair. And I did a big chop in 2013. And I was like completely virgin natural. I wouldn't put any colors in my hair. Pretty much just did the twist. But I wanted to try something different. Do a protective style. And I've been seeing a natural stylist in Brooklyn. Every time I go home. And she would do um, a weave in my hair. I pretty much had like my first bundles. And she would just reinstall them for me. And that summer. So Memorial Day weekend. This is we were together at the time. We did go back to Brooklyn and I got my hair pressed. Once we returned to Buffalo, I was prepping for my new job for Upper Bound and I knew I was gonna be in the camp life, gonna be washing my hair, getting in water. I wanted a protective style and my roommate she was pretty decent in terms of doing the basics for like braiding and putting extensions in the hair and so we put like cheap cheap weaves it was those quick weaves that you can get where it had just enough and it was i wanted the kinky style i wanted anything that represents like my natural hair i didn't want any brazilian bundles or whatever so she put it in my hair and i did that for about four weeks i had kept the I guess weave in and it was time for it to be removed I had met a girl that can do faux locks because I was really interested in that and I wanted to go blonde dibble and dabble in some color so the day the girl's gonna come do my hair I wanted to make sure the weave was out my hair is washed and blow dried and I'm pretty ready for my new style so, my roommate asked her to take out the weave. And as she was cutting it, it was kind of weird because my head felt like really light. I mean, yes, it came, it was lighter because of the weave was being removed. But like my braids underneath the weave, like the plaits that the weave was attached to, was like odd. So, I'm like, what the hell is going on? So as I'm unbraiding my hair, I'm noticing chunks and chunks of my hair is coming out. And when I look in the mirror, I'm looking at my afro. It's like very sparse on the right side, the upper right quadrant, if you you were to part my hair into four parts. And I realized she literally cut like braids out of my hair, like full blown locks. And I'm like, how did you not even notice this? And you're the one that installed it, so it really wasn't that, it shouldn't have been that difficult. And, like, I've had guys take my, um, we cut my weave out, like, cut the extension hairs, cutting the thread, and wouldn't have a problem, never cut my hair, and how she did. And that's another story we're going to get into about why some of the things that you'll learn, she's done, and my conclusions. But that's for a later episode. Either way. Because of that, I did get the faux locks. I had that big gap. And so you could see like his hair was broken off and literally it was just cut off. After that style, I went and got my hair completely shaved. I told the barber, 
I want it so low you can't even see your curl. Like I was starting over, but I was gonna be bold and I'm gonna start with a style. I've always wanted a tapered cut. I've always admired them, but I never felt I should do it because in the relationship I was in, girls have long hair, um, pretty much just traditional, nothing, nothing too dramatic yeah I can have maybe colored hair or extensions whatever but like even like my natural afro that really wasn't approved in my relationship like I had to always style it and make sure you can see like a, a nice curl pattern not the kinky roots of what my hair naturally is so I have 4c hair kinky coily very tightly coiled hair and if I don't put x amount of products that thing will be shrunken down looking like a cast member of roots which i now do and enjoy but then i really wasn't allowing myself to be who i really was because i wanted to make sure i'm keeping this image in my relationship but the new me 23 summertime had a nice cut cut mommy short hair mommy and I was rocking it had side parts I was I was bad I felt bad and I felt like hey I'm tackling this single thing I finally have my independence I can do what I want no man is gonna stop me and I even started dating um casually dating having new partners and when I enlisted my ex-boyfriend as a partner too I told him about the other guys and he assured me all those guys don't really love you they just want sex from you and he was right that's all they want but it's a transactional experience even if they didn't want me they did pay me attention they desired me they weren't desiring other women in the time that we were together and I felt good and I felt that was more than enough and I continued continued to feel more proud about myself and on that path still going to counseling and continue to get my hair cut try different styles I started letting the top grow a little bit more too and eventually wind up getting in a high um, high top fade so yeah, um, so that was like the first what, two months of my quarter life crisis. Um, the job ended, and um, wind up going back to school, and pretty much still casually dating. And my ex boyfriend, he had a semester one semester left and so once that semester ended it was like official he's moving back to Brooklyn he had no interest in graduate school I'm still in grad school going on my second year and based on our history it didn't look like things were gonna go too well for us we remained friends of course like I said he had a good relationship with my family so we did drive together home to Brooklyn and spent like the holidays at his house, but it wasn't the same. Our relationship wasn't the same. I honestly 
I couldn't allow myself to forgive him, even though he was extremely sorry. He said it so many times. He even got me a promise ring. He started, it's amazing. He started driving, um, doing driving. This is before Uber and Lyft came to Buffalo. So he started getting rental cars because he worked for a rental company and he would drive students around. And he saved up his little cash and got me a promise ring, which I still have, but I don't wear it anymore. It's so beautiful. It, it it has an opal stone and it has my birthstone. I'm an Aquarius, so it's an amethyst stone. But once he was out of sight, out of mind, I couldn't wear the ring anymore. I I felt like my finger was like growing out of it, even though it really still fits. But I just I feel I was emotionally done, but I wasn't done with love yet. I was very hopeful, possibly getting into another relationship, and I I was scouting people. Yes, I had some suitors, possible suitors. I'm using that word um, lightly because, again, these guys just wanted to fuck me, (laughs) to be real. But um, I did go on Tinder, and I did find a good suitor. It was a guy that... You know, I was like, let me take a chance. He looked kind of short, light skin. I'm like, oh, my ex is dark skin, and I love rich chocolate complexion, that melanin. But he he was kind of cute. And I was like, well, let's see. So we went on a few dates, and pretty much January, dang, <laughs> I believe, no, like February. That's when we really started making it official. So shortly after my birthday, which is February 3rd, we went on a date for Valentine's Day and made the claim like, hey, this is us. We're, we're going to try this out. So my ex-boyfriend was completely out of the picture and I started this new chapter with this new fellow. And that will be the next episode. So thank you so much. Um, I'll take this time to introduce myself. My name is Monet. I am a millennial, currently 25 years old for a few more months, but I am starting a document on surviving my quarter life crisis, which I believe began at 23. And these moments I will share with you lessons I've learned or just experienced and we can make conclusions as they come along. I will also be open to in the future any comments or questions that you may have on how to handle any situations that are similar to mine and what I've experienced in my past. But again, I'm figuring everything out as you and I will be listening myself on some of the things I've shared and this new journey because I do feel a little hopeless. I should feel a little bit more happy in a life that's less drama, but things are going to be real juicy as you get to hear how I got to this point in my life, but still wondering what is next. And that's ideal of the quarter life crisis of what is my identity? Who am I without all these accolades? I have a pretty good job um especially once you learn about some of the jobs I've had in the past I have a pretty good job now 
I'm in a relationship that is much more happier. Um, I don't have as much friends, which means I don't have half the drama that I've experienced in the past. I have my own apartment. I'm working on getting a vehicle. But for some reason, I feel as though my life is incomplete. So we'll explore that further. But thank you for listening. Thank you for hearing me in the beginning of what I believe started that journey. And now we're going to join this new road and path on surviving the quarter life crisis I'm currently in. Have a wonderful day and bless.